Welcome to the Kill Your Internet Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 72 of the Kill Your Internet Podcast presented by High Brew Coffee. With you, as always, is your boy, Colin. With us today, to my right, as always, the Lord, Mr. Roast Malone, Eric Burke. Eric, what's Gucci? What up, fam? <laughs> All right, that was good. I like that one. Those- memes, dude. <laughs> this kid has been looking at the Northeast Philly monk memes for like, I don't know, like three dude. weeks straight. <laughs> This is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so regionally specific, but so great. Next to him is our boy, Mr. Ken Bianco. Kenny, how we doing? Hello, friends. How are you today? <laughs> Wait, I'm well. We're, we're yeah. Eric, we're Eric Zig Zag. Yeah, I was going to say, you you go the <laughs> Mr. Rogers route, and Eric's over here like, yo, Monk Bowl is funny as fuck. Dude. <laughs> He's just dying. I hope this whole video is just Eric. Talk oh yeah, he will be 150. percent We know this. Like, yeah, dude, fucking, uh, <laughs> it's like Erica playing dots on her phone when we're all trying to. Like we used to be practicing, and Erica would be all distracted and shit. And I'd be like, Erica, do you have anything to add? And she's like, Sorry, I was playing dots. She's <laughs> probably still playing. She's probably still playing dots, but she's much more like focused now. He's before how to do dots and and be the foreman of yeah. the group, which I appreciate. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody out there. Welcome to 2021. 2020 can suck a fat butt. Uh, yes. Guys, how was New Year's Eve for you, Ken? It was good. Low-key, like most people's, I'm sure. Just a couple people. Ken went to an underground rave. Did you see that happen in France? They yeah, I saw that. Rave, Ken was... Damn. Not <laughs> Ken, a rave guy. Ken was twerking for money. It was crazy. <laughs> I was not twerking for money. I was... Uh, this is Zach Fox thing where he's... This is Zach Fox thing where he's like, yeah, I met Thundercat. He was twerking outside of a gas station <laughs> to gospel <laughs> music. That's how I met Ken. Uh, Eric, you were shit-faced? Correct. I was <laughs> absolutely just pummeled. Uh, great word. I, uh, dude, I, yeah. I got this great sound. It's very rock and roll for you. I heard Brian put a sparkler in his butt cheeks. <laughs> I saw that. On <laughs> that was awesome. Dude. <laughs> Happy 2021. <laughs> wow. Terrific. You had a much different New Year's Eve than I did. Me and my wife went to my best friend Sean's house. It was him and his girlfriend. We had a wonderful low-key night, <laughs> kind of. Uh, I'm not going to get into that, but. Great night, great start to 2021. Uh, the first thing that did happen right before New Year's Eve, it was on New Year's Eve, uh, the music community found out about the passing of an all-time legend, uh, someone that n- might not be well-known by everybody, but truly was one of the greatest MCs of all time, MF Doom, Daniel Dumoulay, rest in peace. And Doom is someone who, to me, like as a big hip-hop fan, if you meet somebody else who was a fan of Doom, you instantly, it felt like you were like on the inside of it, like, uh, it was like an inside joke kind of to where it's like, oh yeah, you fuck with Doom, I fuck with Doom too, like, all these people, it's like a hipster thing in a way where it's like, all these people don't know who Doom is, you know what I mean? And the thought of Doom not being alive is so weird to me, because he's this, like, he's an enigma, like, he just was like, underground, always, like, no matter how big he got, he was always underground. And he was always present, and he was always dropping shit, he dropped more music than anybody, and it was always top quality. And just as like a little like history lesson, Doom, born Daniel Dumoulay, uh, was from London and moved to New York. Uh, he's from Queens, and him and his brother were in a, a group called KMG. Uh, and Doom's brother died after their first album. Oh, okay. he got hit by a car, Oof. and Doom's so the label dropped them after, and Doom was gone for like seven years. He was he wasn't known he was known as like Zev Love X at first yeah. he wasn't known as MF Doom, so he comes back in 1999 as MF Doom, and releases Operation Doomsday with the cover is him with the Doctor Doom mask on, mm-hmm. which he always performed in. 
he always nobody knew what his face looked like after because if you like fucked with him again in the early days he wasn't wearing a mask but like if you got on doom and you didn't know who he was you didn't know he was daniel dumoulay it was like this mysterious thing it was like who the fuck is this guy really off kilter beats the weirdest rhyme pattern of all time doom was just one of the all-time greats put out a lot of classic projects and he would do these like projects with different producers and they would do the whole album he was part of Mad Villain uh, with Mad Lib, who obviously does all the Freddie Gibbs stuff now. He's like one of the greatest producers alive. Uh, he did uh, The Mouse and the Mask with uh, Danger, Danger Mouse, mm-hmm. which is an incredible record. He did it with all these different producers. And uh, I just want to say rest in peace to Doom. And it, it, it sparked a conversation that we were talking about on the last podcast, and it was image versus product, image versus music, which one's more important. And I was listening to Peter Rosenberg, and Ebro from Hot 97 in New York, and they were doing kind of like an in-memorial of Doom, and they brought up this this interview that he did with Red Bull like two years ago where he was taking questions from fans. And one of the people said, why do you always wear the mask? And he said, he took this long pause and really thought about what he was going to say, and he said, you know, I guess I came up in an era, era of time when everybody was trying to have an image or a gimmick, and I just didn't want to be that guy. I wanted people to judge me off my music and not off what I look like. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird that that's the conversation that we were having last time about image first or music first. Yeah, And it, it, it just felt like the perfect way to segue into that conversation. Because on the last episode, you did say, we're going to talk about this a different time. And so do, like that, that just was so profound to me. And it made me think, like, why is it that I, I don't like the image side so much? Like, why, why don't I care for that? Do, do you guys never ever think about like do you put that much stock into an artist's image like what they have going on? Um, it's not my first thing I like find appealing ever. I would say yeah, ever. Um, like, I've you never f- get like I I mean, dude, if, in order for me to care about your music, in order for me to care about your image at all, like I need to like your songs. There's so much. There's so many artists that I found who I still don't know what they look like. Yeah. I don't. I just like the music. Yeah. Like, maybe it's because, and this is going to sound so douchey and so hipstery, but, like, maybe it's because I'm an artist and, like, I make music that I don't really, like, think, like, for myself. Like, I always try, we always have this conversation, we're going to do photo shoots. I'm like, wear this, wear this. And, but, like, at the end of the day, we always portray ourselves. We're not trying to do anything or hop on, like, a, like when the emo shit was happening and everybody had the same haircut and the same clothes. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to do that. Like, I just try and do the, the clearest version of us, per se. But... It, it, the conversation last time was about Machine Gun Kelly and Youngblood and all these artists who I do like their music, but like it, we always have the conversation, is it the image first or is it the music? And another reason why this conversation got brought up in my head was because I got drunk on New Year's Eve and tweeted out the phrase, a very simple phrase, while Machine Gun Kelly was performing, I just tweeted out, yo, fuck Machine Gun Kelly. Because whether or not I liked the song that he was doing... I agree. His whole crew was all in matching, like, pink metallic vests. And they were, like, acting like rock stars on stage. Like, they, first off, it was all lip sync. Like, nobody was playing oh, their yeah, instrument. And, like, they were, like, guitars. yeah, they were all, Very like, good. on the ground and, like, doing all this shit. Like, it just seemed forced to me. And my guttural reaction, for some reason, when I was drunk, was to grab my phone and tweet, yo, fuck Machine Gun Kelly. Because mm-hmm. realistically, I've said this numerous times, I do dig his music. There's some, I guess hip-hop. I, well, this is my thing. I think the reason, because I've known him as a hip-hop artist for a while, mm-hmm. I can never buy into the rock and roll thing. Well, yeah, that's kind of the thing. Is you know, he had this whole past life in a different genre. Well, now you're going to try to sell me on this. It's like, wait, I know 
this really wasn't then was was everything before this fake like you're hopping on this and i i always understand like artists having a cohesive image like this it's important like the, the white stripes had the yes. white and the red like right. they had this look so strokes simple. had this look so that's fine but i think the music has to outweigh the look to the point where then if you're lip singing and you're not really playing it all seems so the, try hard to me if the music seems disingenuous like you really don't have a fucking chance right like and especially the thing in though, the rock world like yeah. pop stars oh, yeah. i get pop stars is rock a different music, it's a yeah. different it's, it's a different, different thing machine. it's a yeah. sh- but rock, that's the thing yeah. it feels very pop starry to me it doesn't feel like a rock band but you're portraying it as a rock band and like i said i don't i i don't even in my heart of hearts want to dislike it I don't. Yeah, I, I do. I, don't, I do enjoy I his album. I do like his album. I like. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to dislike it, but every time I see him perform, or there's that video of him jumping on the like showing his record label, and there's like 30 people around like a, a boardroom table, and he's on top of the table like kicking things and like acting rock and roll. And the whole time I'm watching it, I, I cringe and I retweet it every time I see it because I think it's fucking hilarious. I'm like, this is this. It's it's like a, a playbook. Somebody was like, all right, this is what rock stars do. Like, go do that. Yeah. Like it's a scene weird in the movie or like something. It's just like yeah. knowing, knowing, knowing all the things that probably went into the decisions about why he portrays himself the way that he portrays himself. It all feels like it was like a like a marketing. Campaign. Like it felt like there was a focus group of like ten to fourteen year olds, and like, what do you want to see out of a rock star? And they're like, all right, Machine Gun Kelly, here's your outfit, and here's what you're gonna do. And that to me is why I get I get uneasy about the whole thing. I will say too. This is a whole another larger conversation, but when I did tweet out "fuck Machine Gun Kelly," the Stan Army jumped in in our mentions and started. Ah, dude, one of them was so good though, because right after I tweeted it, somebody must have been like on the Twitter timeline and like looking at Machine Gun Kelly tweets and saw that. And right after I tweeted it, one of the the stands jumped in and was like, "Wow, one retweet and two favorites, you did it, honey!" And I legitimately out loud <laughs> laughed. I was like, "Yo, that's a great burn! Like that was really good." But then like two more came in, and I was like, "I look, I like thought to myself, I was like, what am I doing? I was like, why did I do that? I was like, that was so fucking stupid. That's not, I shouldn't do that. That's fucking stupid." So I deleted yeah. the tweet like a pussy, and it just to me like. First of all, Twitter has me fucked up. I am so... T- I've spent too much time on Twitter recently, which I do from time to time, and every time I like have to detox from it, and I'm like, I have to be away oh, from yeah, this. yeah, it can change your mental, like... Oh, yeah, I mean, dude, toxic it's a... Uh, what's, what's the quote from Wolf of Wall Street when Matthew McConaughey's talking about Wall Street? He's like, it's all very above-the-shoulders mustard shit. He's like, if you, like, if you, don't, if you don't balance, <laughs> you will split your differential and tip the fuck over. Yeah. That is the way I feel about Twitter. And these the, the Stan armies that will... I, I could not imagine living with the pressure of these artists who have Stan armies. They live and die on every single thing that these artists do. And, like, Billie Eilish last week, I saw that. She yeah. she had to tweet at her fans and say, "Guys, lay the fuck off me. Like I'm making you an album. Please lay the fuck off of me. Like you need to chill the fuck out." She's like, and she used a phrase that like I always laugh at when I see it now. People always tweet out something like "new era coming." Like they're like they're starting like this new era to where your image flips and like you you do a whole new like. Which you don't have to call it anything. You're just in a new cycle. Like you're in a new album cycle, and like it is what it is. Whatever. That's that's yeah. what it's called now. It doesn't need to be announced like that. I, yeah, I just do it. Like, but all right. Yeah. So that that's besides the point. I fuck with Billie Eilish. Like, I I think she's yeah, she's a, she's, cool. she's important. She's but an important. But then that artist. almost goes kind of to the Playboy Cardi thing, where you start this new era and you put a lot of hype behind an album. You're like building on you marketing hype. You better deliver, you bro. Hit, then you're yeah, you're fucked. But to me, like I I saw 
the reaction from the Machine Gun Kelly thing, and then Doom died. And in that moment, I really started to think to myself, like, why do I get so weird about these things that I find disingenuous? And is it because, as artists, we try and... We've always tried to stay as us as humanly possible. And so, like, from my own frame of reference, I'm like, that's fake. Which seems so fucking... Like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the person who's like, oh, you're fucking fake. Like, whatever. Yeah, I mean... I know, it's a guttural reaction. I mean, the fact that we're talking about it, like... Is the only thing like I don't think I don't think you really think that you know I mean I gotta be honest I, I, I my gut reaction when I see a lot of shit in my head I'm like that's so corny like why why are you doing that like what what what's what do you really want to do yeah. it's always my thought process when I see these major like major artists who portray themselves in a certain way it's like is that what you wanted to do or was that what the focus group told you to do. Yeah. Like to me, I always, I always think about it from the artist's point of view, and I'm like, is that really your thing? Like, do you, are you, do you ever get to a point when you can just be yourself again, or are you always that caricature well, of what it the is? The problem with Instagram and social media, yes. you have to project this 24 seven. It's almost like being yeah. a corporation. You it is. To, it's like being a fucking corporation. It comes off to me personally, my opinion, it comes off a little soulless. Like I can yeah. almost tell yeah. this was a process to get this end product, which then go buy at Target. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, and, I mean, it was like for, clearly like formulated, you know, by like somebody with a suit yes and and like i don't but like at the same time i still i'm happy for that person and their success but there's still a part of me that like when we had the conversation originally about the machine gun kelly thing uh, my whole thing was i was like i I can think of like 20 bands that do this and do it better Mm -hmm. but don't have the the i don't know like the machine behind them i think of a band like the menzingers or the wonder years that put out almost in in the same vein of music yeah same kind of it was same same field yeah. who are successful, but never had that moment where they like all went the the focus group route and fucking sold their souls. And I, I've always I always write about this shit. I've written about it since 2014. It's being an artist is a constant battle of whether or not to fucking sell your soul or not. And I mean, it, part part of that might be like I'm looking at it from a situation where I've never had the opportunity to sell my soul. I've never had the opportunity where somebody was like, "Colin, I want you to do TikTok dances and wear pink leather pants." I think I would very clearly say no if anybody knows me. I would be like, "That's not what I want to do." Yeah, well, the, I mean, the great artists and bands they are able to walk the line, kind of cash, but um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. of having their image, their authentic selves, and making the music they want, and it being so obtainable to everyone that right. it can become a hit. Think of Nirvana. Yes. Well, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like Most of the bands that like you think about with the staying power, with with the, the legendary shit. Like the Foo Fighters. The Foo know? Fighters, sure. They're, they're just, well, they had they had the luxury of already having a name like the Dave Grohl behind it. Yeah, that's but true. when you say Nirvana, I think those motherfuckers literally walked out in flannels and yeah, they had their work. own shit. And it's to me like when I think about when we, if we ever do have that opportunity where we're we're in a boardroom with somebody, do I say no? And they're like, "But here's this check that will obviously reflect your cooperation." Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Look, we, the thing with me, I think, is because honestly, there's been a period of time in our career where I almost did kind of like try and like fill a certain image. The hat. I always bring up the hat, but like I was, I was kind of like falling prey to that because I was like, okay, well maybe I can. Like maybe this is our thing. Is like, you ever seen the movie CB? The hat will solve everything. The hat. You ever seen the movie CB4 with Chris Rock? No. No. 
It, so it's from like the mid '90s, and it's about this uh, rap group from uh, California. It's from they're from Low Cash. It's it's like a, a play on Compton. It's like it's 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 a mockumentary. Yeah. And it's like following this like underground hip hop group who in the beginning of the movie they go through all these different phases of like they are rum DMC group and they're at these open mics getting like shit thrown at them. And the next one they're like uh the fat boys and they have like these like fucking shiny sh- suits on and they get shit thrown at them and they're about to quit. And then they see this group uh this guy named MC Gusto who's played by Charlie Murphy. And yeah. uh, they steal his act, and he goes to jail, and they become world famous. They're supposed to be like N.W.A., yeah. and their song is called "Straight Out of Low Cash." <laughs> and uh, MC Gusto, the real MC Gusto, gets out of jail, yeah. and like, like trying to kill him. It, it's it's a really, <laughs> really, really fucking funny movie, but yeah. it's like a, sa- a satire of the whole image thing. Yeah. And looking at it now, I'm like, holy shit! Like, there's so much of that that still goes on. Like, it's always going on. There's always waves that people are trying to. I think the past decade it was a big 1975. You're doing yeah. this indie pop rock sound that people try to catch on. But you talk about it. the 1975 yeah. because the 1975 was an original thing. Yeah, it was borrowed from like NXS and things like that. Yeah, like their guitar a, tones and that's why yeah, well, that's sonically. Yeah, all comes back around eventually. Yeah, but I mean, I I, I like bands like. Dr. Dog and shit like that that mm. go out there and what they rock and they just fucking do it. Yeah. And they, they may never be a top 40 band, but they are fucking well-respected and they have careers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're beloved. I'd rather have that, man. I'd rather have that, too. I just want... I, I want to be... I think you listen to Sturgill Simpson talk about this shit all the time. Mm. And he, ra- he like, rails against the countryside of things where he's like... You ever seen a thing where he didn't get an invite to the country... Uh, country... The CMA Awards, but he won the Grammy... For country album, country of, the album of the year, mm. and he went outside of the Bridgestone Arena where it was being held and busked. Like he he played a guitar out front with 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 his Grammy in the guitar case, nice. and like and he like power move. dude, it was a fucking superpower move. But even like his reaction was like really genuine though. Like news cameras came up, were like Sturgeon, what are you trying to say here? And he was like, I don't know, I don't know. He's like honestly like. I I just came out here to play my guitar. He's like he's like they were like if you were invited would you go and he's like huh what I I didn't think about that. It's like maybe I don't know. He's like you know what nah probably not. It doesn't seem like my thing. Like he didn't come off as like a fuck the man kind of a thing. He's like fuck the country. He was he just kind of like, like might be kind of funny if I did this. And yeah like, exactly it. and yeah. it was funny and it it was good. But the whole thing to me is I I look at it and I've I've brought this up from our experiences going to different places and being in different cities and everything. I think that, and this is bringing up a Philly thing, but I think we have a very intrinsic ability to smell fake. We're not, we we don't live in those places where it's 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 uniform to be a ploy in things. We're not in L.A., we're not in New York, we're not in Nashville, we're not in any of those places. Nothing wrong with it. That's their ecosystem. But we are born with a bullshit meter. And so to me, every time I see something that I can kind of tell is off, Right away, my gut reaction is to be like, fuck that shit. Yeah, dude, it's a northern city thing. It is. It's a very northeast, like, New York, yeah, Boston, all that shit. Um, northeast corridor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So We don't I, have time for your bullshit. No, and it's just like, <laughs> but it's also like, we live in a place we gotta, we gotta where... Stock up for the winter, man. I, I brought this up when I was talking to Bruce and Wendy the other day, and yeah. we were talking about TikTok, because Bruce was bringing up, I, I said, what was your biggest thing in 2020? And he's talking about virality and people getting viral on TikTok, and he's like, I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it was just a thing that happened this year. Mm-hmm. And I and I said, I think Wendy might have said, like, why, like, are you on TikTok? And I was like, look, I'm from Northeast Philly. If I was on TikTok doing that, and then I tried to go to a bar, 
I don't think it would fly. I think my buddies would roast me. Right, to death. It's a bullshit meter. You it's a bullshit get, meter. Yeah. It's it's like yo, buddy, you are fake. And I think that's such an important thing. Like, first off, I couldn't get away with it in my house. My wife would let me know. I don't know who the fuck you are. Like that's not who yeah, you just are. Just be cringe. Just be cringy. Which I think too might go into part of the 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 factory kind of like aspect of these things is maybe these people don't have people in their lives to say like, hey, yo, you look like a jerk off. But at the same time, they're also feeding their families by doing that. So yeah. what can I really say? That's why I think I have like a push and pull with these kind of things to where I'm, I like Machine Gun Kelly's music, but I, I, I find the whole, the switch from hip hop and the overdoing of the whole rock star thing to be so cringy. So this whole was a long way of saying, rest in peace, Doom. Thank you for being you. Yeah. And also, I regret that tweet, but I kind of meant it. And at the same time, Stan Armies, please leave me alone. So that's yes. that was my whole that was uh, that was my whole soliloquy to start this whole thing. Mm. Uh, let's go into the wildest shit that we've seen on the internet. The first thing I got here, did you guys see the thing about Bean Dad on Twitter? No, vaguely. <laughs> okay, so this is a, this is another long-winded conversation about the internet. But this dude, I hate when people tweet out like things that their kid did. You ever seen the fake thing where it was like? It was a tweet for this year when when Ruth Gator, Bader yeah, Ginsburg yeah. died, and it was this lady who was like, "My five year old just saw me crying and, and asked what was wrong." And first off, none of this shit happened. That's why all these tweets are so it's, cringy yeah, to me. The fake cloud chasing thing, and then like someone was like, uh, "Ruth Bader Ginsburg died," and my five year old daughter did the Wakanda uh, pose and said, uh, "Ruth Conda forever." And right away, you know it's fake. Like you know, like that's such a weird cloud chasing type thing. So Bean Dad, let's get into this. Apparently, this guy hosts a podcast or something with Ken Jennings from Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And he tweeted out this thing that said, it was like a nine tweet long thing where he said like, today I was doing a crossword puzzle and my nine-year-old daughter came up to me and said I was hungry. And I told her that she needs to learn how to feed herself and I gave her a can of beans. But she didn't know how to work a can opener. So for the next six hours, she tried to figure it out and didn't eat. And everybody was like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what is, what, what, why did you put this on Twitter? What the fuck? I find the cloud chasey thing so weird. Uh, but the funniest, the reason I brought this up is because people who were hating on him went through his old tweets and he had a bunch of racist <laughs> tweets, <laughs> like really bad ones. And now he, now, I will say, I always hate the dig back in tweets thing. I think that's really corny. Like, I think it's like a weird fucking thing to do. It's just a weird. I don't know who has the time. Who thinks of doing? Who thinks of doing that? Like, who thinks of like you know what I'm going to do to show you? I'm going to find um, some shit you said ten years the ago. The worst are draft night things with that. Oh when my someone god! Will get drafted oh, to the NBA or NFL, and they'll just like put the person's name in and like the most like offensive words you can think of. It's so to- fucked up. It's so stupid because I will say this: not excusing anybody's behavior or whatever. Twitter was a different place ten years ago. And Twitter also, was the fucking wild west. When also, you had, like a 19 year old kid or like a 20 something year old ten years ago. They were a kid. They didn't yeah, exactly. What so, they were doing. regardless, mm-hmm. the whole Bean Dad thing is a cautionary tale, and don't cloud chase, or someone will find your old shit and you'll be fucked. <laughs> I just like, for, what was your end game there? What were, were you trying to get a pat on the back? Like, was it? Was, were you trying to get a pat on the back? Like, oh, you didn't feed your daughter. Probably. What nine year old wants beans? Is my question. <laughs> who who was like, what is she a fucking homeless person around a campfire? You roll the beans over to him, like, here you go, buddy. Good luck. Uh, the second thing I saw. Oh man, this was outstanding! Did you guys watch the New Year's Eve coverage uh, of Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen? 
Yeah, uh, they were the awesome. Acid thing. Oh my god, outstanding! First off, I will say this because Bravo was the number one thing on in my house because my wife is like a huge Bravo fan. Andy Cohen's the fucking man. I would love. He's John Mayer's best friend. Oh, that's how I know. They're like best yeah. friends in the world, like they're because he's a big deadhead. Mm-hmm. Fucking awesome guy, hilarious dude. He's a multi gajillionaire from like making all these Bravo shows. But him and Anderson Cooper were hosting it, and he just starts trying to get Anderson Cooper to drop acid after the thing. He's yeah. asking Snoop Dogg to go smoke weed with him, like all this shit. Shout out to Andy Cohen for being a G. What a start to 2021. Beast. Could you? Ima- I'm just thinking, like, could you imagine being so desensitized to being around cameras on a national television that you feel comfortable enough to like be shit faced on TV and start asking your co-hosts to start doing acid? That guy doesn't give a shit. <laughs> no, not at all. That's what I'm saying. When you're when you have cameras in your face 24 seven and you're used to speaking to a national audience, at a certain point, it's just like, ah, oh, they're fucking here. They get it. <laughs> just outstanding. Anderson, if you're listening, you should try it, man. It's fun. Have you done acid? How many? Uh, what, what hadn't you done? You did, was it mushrooms or acid? Yeah, you, no, no. There was one well, of the two that you just did for the first time. Uh, acid. Explain your experience. How much time you got? I don't. Know, we're only twenty six minutes in. I mean, it was me and Dominic in Michigan in October, so it was chilly. Um, He's like, there was a thirty two percent dew point. <laughs> Everything Maybe affected yeah. me perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was um, it was crazy, dude. Honestly, like, I was uh, see, all right. So I'm gonna tell you something that like could be judgeable, but that you gotta understand. Like, this is like, did you boof the acid? No, this is <laughs> no. I put it in my mouth. But <laughs> you thought about it for a second. He's like, I put it in my mouth, mouth. <laughs> ear. <laughs> no, but um, like, there's no one up. Like there is absolutely just like if you see like two cars that day, it was a busy day. But um, you can booth in peace. Yes. <laughs> Drop uh, your pants in the middle of the road. Yeah. <laughs> anywhere you want. <laughs> Boothville. But um, I'm up in Boothville, Michigan. <laughs> Population me. Yeah. Um, like I in the thing I wrote, I, I wrote, uh, I heard gasps, hands covered, gaping mouths. And then I heard Eric say, oh, fuck. And I knew it was bad. <laughs> I remember me and Eric specifically sitting on like the patio back there with our Ritos, the mango Ritos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, that's an amazing story. I'm going to put th- I might put that up and just like let people recount that entire thing. Yeah. It was fucking oh, man, that su- did suck for you, but oh, good day. But dude, a whole thing for me <laughs> yeah, was, was I, I kept saying the thing, I, the thing I was recounting, though, was. I didn't get any sympathy in the emergency room because in the, in the South, a grown man not being able to shoot a gun is not a, like, uh, they're not giving you any sympathy. It's more comical. We it's more tragic. In, like, <laughs> south with, like, one traffic light. Yeah, we were in Warner yeah. Robins. We were not in Atlanta. Uh, and then I came home and you roasted me for hours. <laughs> Just, like, I remember Eric did a Snapchat of me. He was, like, had the selfie thing on. He was, like, yo, look at this fucking idiot. <laughs> and I was, like, come on, man. Just be nice. Like, I don't know. All right, so that's funny. Our last thing I have here, and this is going to be brief, because it was all over the internet. Did you guys hear the Trump tapes of him calling the Dude. Secretary uh, of State in 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 Georgia? I and didn't ch- hear the audio, but I read it. Unbelievable! I can't believe that what's going on right now. We are so warped because of the last four years. Not only that, the fact that we are in a fucking pandemic, and life is just so surreal as it is. But if this happened in any other period of U.S. history, and we had evidence of this, everybody would be like. This is like so agreed. This is so crazy that it's almost not real. Yeah, dude. Like, man picked up the phone and 
he was like, yo, you need to find 11,000 votes. A very specific number, too. Like yeah. Where do you want me to look? Yeah. Yo, shout out to the fact that's a Republican who's also talking to him. Yeah, he was, was like, yo, fuck you. Yeah, he was like, yo, like, this What are you talking about? And they came out to the press conference saying, like, yo, there is nothing here. Yeah. Do you think 40 like higher courts in the United States were, are all just fucking with this guy? Like this is nuts. Like this is this is not me casting aspersions on one political party or another. I'm saying that the actions of what's going on right now are fucking crazy. And Dude. if like you can't see that, that's that's wild to me. Like we're all so fucking warped. Yeah. <laughs> Holy that damn social media fake news. Yeah, <laughs> yo. Man, oh man, like holy shit. We are all gonna look back on the period of time in our lives and just be like, what the fuck, what the fuck was going on? <laughs> Either that, or it will get much, much worse. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Like, wish it the like thing it. that's really fucking yeah. with me though is you're watching politicians who are plotting their next run, or they're thinking they might want to run for that, the, the Republican side of the presidency, mm. who are now buying in because they want to speak to the people who are believing in the conspiracy so they that later on base. so that later on down the line they can say look how I stood up for this and it is fucking me up to watch the US government act it's it's also you want to talk about fake you want to talk about fucking things that make my skin crawl when I see it and I can read bullshit meters yo that that is some wild sh- if anything has happened over this period of time it's the fact that I, I no longer think that anything is real i no longer think that i can now i'm even more critical on looking at things and saying like that's bullshit i know what you're doing motherfucker mm-hmm. i liked it way more when i didn't know any representatives names yeah some representative is gonna run for president and like legally change your last name to trump <laughs> <laughs> try to like like yeah we're related so yeah. Fun Vote fact for me. About, did you guys know that Donald Trump's real last name is Drump? Drump, yeah. Yeah. How insecure you got to be to change your last name? I don't know, man. Uh, fuck that shit. I'm done with that. Speaking of wild, let's go into... To, uh, w- uh, Jesus. <laughs> Speaking of what the fuck, let's go into what the fuck we've been listening to. Uh, I'll start it out, then Ken, then Eric. Uh, I'm going to start out... Big, big surprise here. Both of my picks are Doom. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Doom for two different projects. First one I'm doing is uh, the song uh, "Meat Grinder" off of the Mad Villain t- or the Mad Villainy tape with Mad Lib. That tape is so fucking amazing. It it, it doesn't sound like anything else that's ever been created. This motherfucker sounds like he's from a different planet. It doesn't line up with anything else you think of in hip hop. And it's so, like you know, like it's so easy to like post mortem be like he was a genius. Literally last week on the podcast, and we had the tribe on. They were our pick of the week. Mm. We talked about Doom for like ten minutes because I he liked Doom, I liked Doom. We were both like, "Oh shit, you fuck oh, with that shit you, you, were talking about you fuck with mm, food, yo!" Like yeah. that's that's the shit. So the first pick I want to do is Meat Grinder because it starts off with this really different beat and then drops into a completely different beat and he starts rapping on it. It's really sick. Shout out Madlib. But first pick is Meat Grinder by MF Doom. Mm. Ken. My first pick, I don't know if you guys have seen this. It was just put on the Rock This Spotify playlist. This dude, Aaron Jones, Take Me Away. No. It is fucking dope. Awesome. Oh, it shit. It is like some heavy hard rock, but like kind of like a Royal Blood Medicine kind Ooh. of vibe. But then it has like these Jack White like intricacies that like fuzzy with that. So 2021 starting out hot for the rock fucking, scene, huh? Yeah. Let's go. Listen to it. We should, we should listen to it after because we should try is. and get him on the podcast. Fuck yeah, dude. He's, All right. He's like a cool dude. I don't even Fuck know what song, but I'm a fan. Here. I followed him like right after. This bull? Is that this guy here? Yep. Okay, cool. All right, bet. All right, Eric, your first pick? Uh, first pick, uh, my new thing is <laughs> rock songs that are different and more than four minutes. Um, you going to theme corner? 
So yeah, I guess. Um, the Afterman by Coed and Cambria. I'm pretty sure that's nice. what the album's called too. You I respect I respect Coed and Cambria, but I never got into it. Yeah, of, it's acquired taste. They're more like, of like they kind of go into the prog rock because I know a lot. They're yeah, like yeah, albums yeah, and yeah, concepts. Yeah, it's longer. like um, it's not quite heavy metal. It's not quite. Rock. It's too. Po- like, it's it's too. It has too much pop element to be like super heavy metal. Um, it has like a little pop punk, don't they? Yeah, like I was gonna say like there there the is voice, a poppy element. To I it. guess you could say that. They're cool boys. They're very much like one of one. If you had like, they're very much. That. I feel like if yeah, Tenacious they, D, their fans are like. I feel like if Tenacious D was an actual band, they would be Cohen Cambria. I don't know. <laughs> like I feel like Jack if Jack what if Jack Black could sing like anybody, he would pick like a guy from Cohen Cambria. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this song is just like <laughs> r- r- really like uh, kind of like uh, good, mellow, and bittersweet, I guess. It's hard to describe, but it, like a lot of their vibes are hard to describe, but they're really fucking sweet. The, the Afterman. All right, fucking outstanding. Uh, I, I, Colin, like I, your second pick. Oh my God, you, you threw it to me. I appreciate that. Yes. Uh, I'm just going to go with uh, a classic, Rhymes Like Dimes off of Doomsday, uh, Operation Doomsday. Rhymes Like Dimes is the first song by Doom I ever heard. I actually got the tape back, I think it was like senior year of high school, from Paul. Paul burned it for me on a burnt CD. It's still the only burnt CD in my Jeep. Uh, I still keep it because it's so fucking good. There's all these skits on there, too, because when he was introducing the Doom character, he took all these old, like the cartoon Fantastic Four and would chop almost how Wu-Tang does when they take like the Shaolin stuff and they take like the skits from movies. And they kind of make it into their own. Exactly. World. And like they would be like, like the, the intro is like literally like from the Fantastic Four and it's like, and the evil villain Doom approaches or something like that. And then the song yeah. starts. And Rhymes Like Dimes is just fucking outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I got nothing but good thing. Recipes Doomalay. Uh, shout out to MF Doom going with Rhymes Like Dimes all, all Operation Doomsday. All caps when you spell the man name. Don't ever forget that. Mm-hmm. Ken, second pick. My second pick is actually going to go off the episode that you did with Wendy and Bruce because I think this, this album was talked about and it kind of will foreshadow one of my picks. Radiohead, OK Computer. Yeah. There's Sweet. this um, song. Have you guys ever listened to the um, re-release when they released the B-sides? And I everything? didn't, no. no. There's this one song that came out, I think, after OK Computer first came out, like as a B-side. It's called Polyethylene. Oh, sure. One I heard and that. two. Yeah. Part two. Fucking awesome. Sweet. Yeah. yeah it's just I'm like, it, yeah. I'm really glad I gave Radiohead a chance after all those years. Yeah. And because uh, they're fucking I was amazing. Just listening to, I was just listening to, um, dude. Oh, uh, Everything is Right Place. Oh, yeah. What a, Ooh. yo, that's a, that, isn't that an Holy album shit. starter? Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's the first song from Kid A. Uh-huh. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Fucking, it, that puts you in the world of an album. It really does. Yeah, yeah dude. Oh, yeah. Full, like, cannonball. I still haven't place. gotten Kid A yet. I haven't had I a haven't moment. either. My, my Radiohead is more the Benz and OK Computer. Right, me too. That's the same because thing. the Benz is very much rock, and OK Computer starts with the experimentation. I think for them, yeah. but also still has a lot of rock guitars, like polyethylene. Well, that's also, awesome but that's why I also thing. like In Rainbows because In Rainbows has Body Snatchers, which is just a great yeah. rock song. Mm-hmm. But then it also gets in the experimental shit when they go full left turn into like the 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 electric. Yeah, I don't. It's not my thing, so I don't get it hundred percent. Yeah, you have to like. Be willing to go there. Yeah, I, I and it, I'm dipping. I dip my toe in a little more each time I get in a radio head. Mm-hmm. So I need to. I'll get there eventually. Yeah, it's worth it, man. It's fucking sweet. E, you got a second pick? Yeah, uh, continuing with my four plus different rock song thing. Uh, Longest Mile is a song by Circus Survive. Oh, cool. She has how will yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the shit is like, I don't know. It's like similar to the Afterman. Honestly, it's like. Different, like, you know how Circuit is, like, 
they go from like soft to like soft to soft to like abrasive really fast. Right. And, yeah. Like, change gears like drum beats are just kind of like sick. All over, not all over the place, but like um, very like uh, very like uh, mm, I'm trying to think of it like peculiar like thought out in a peculiar way. Like Anthony, that's that shit's like the inside of Anthony Green's brain. That's fucking fast. I need to give honestly. him. Like, I need to give him more run as well. Yeah, uh, I don't. A lot of my friend, like my friends back, um, Anthony. I don't know if you know the Bustleton boys, but they they all really like Anthony Green. And um, I have friends I, that I like that live and die by Anthony. Yeah, Green. that's what I mean. Like, his, like his his fans. Like, if you, you, I guess, like you, if you like shit, like if you like rock, like you guys should come on, like some of his songs. But then there are motherfuckers who are like. Dude, Anthony Green is like the fourth person in the Trinity. <laughs> like, <laughs> you ever? Do you ever hear my story about how I met the drummer from Circus Survive? Mm, no, I was is that a Spice House. Yeah, I was outside of Spice oh, yeah. House, and I was talking to Dave Pettit and Alex Santilli, and uh, th- this other dude was standing with us, and he was like smoking a cig, and like I was, we were chopping it up. We were out there for like an hour, and then he's like, "All right, I gotta go," and he leaves. He was living in the house with Alex at Spice House. Uh, I was like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" And they were like, "You don't know who that guy is?" And I was like, "No." He's like, he's, "That's a drummer from Circus Survive. He lives in Dave's old room." And I was like, oh, "What?" I was like, "Get yeah. the fuck out of here! It's so dope." Sick. Uh, yeah, great picks, guys. That was what the fuck we've been listening to. Mm. We have a really good coronavirus survivor guy today, and I'm excited about this one. And this goes into a conversation we had on the podcast with Wendy and Bruce. Before we do that, shout out to Body Armor. Thank you for sending us all your product, Body Armor. Been smashing it left and right. I'm even putting all of our guests onto it, too. I convinced Wendy to start chugging Body Armors. Uh, also, shout out to High Brew Coffee. 10% off all online purchases of promo code FOXTROT. Grab it at Wawa where you're getting that body armor. Start your day off right. Run through a brick wall. It's that yep. shit. You got to do it. Uh, let's go into our coronavirus survival guide. So when we were talking to Wendy and Bruce, we were going over albums of the year for them. And my pick for album of last year was Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple. It was a lot of people's top. But during that conversation, I said to Wendy, I was like, this is an album you have to listen to all the way through. Like, it doesn't make sense split up into singles necessarily. This is a project from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. It's an experience. It's a fucking ride. Yep. And so that Seems made me think, uh, what are other albums that you have to listen to start to finish? You can't just like pick and choose. This is an album that you dive into and it's your afternoon. Like you are going through this fucking like thing. Even if you hear, because like I was going off, if I hear a song off that album, that's like, well, I got to put, I gotta put the whole, I got to put the yeah, whole thing on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So these are albums that that's are. That's what my, yeah. Yeah. So we're each going to do three. Uh, Eric, I'm going to let you start. Then Ken, then me. Houses of the Holy, man. Oh, hell yeah. Dude. I you love like, that fucking album. Up? Yeah, <laughs> lead Zeppelin. Dude, who's that? <laughs> who's he? <laughs> um, nah, dude, Houses of the Holy is fucking, dude. It's the best. Like, I do love that album. Oh, man, is it? It's not. It's progressive for them, but it's not progressive rock. Well, it was the first album after the four. Yeah, and it's like, there are like they already like showed you that they could do uh, uh like bangers and like softer acoustic tracks like on the same record and mm-hmm. it'd be good so like you're talking about song remains the same dude, n- crazy energy yeah like, sick guitar drums like just sick rock bands to shit um then it goes rain song fucking beautiful goddamn song uh over the hills and far away. Now, uh, I don't, don't mean, even need to talk about that. Well, no, like, that that was when you said the best thing beginning, of, middle, and end song ever. When you like, brought up the idea of them doing, you know, acoustic songs and electric songs, yeah, maybe that was one of the first times they put it together where it's both. Because the beginning of that song is so delicate and acoustic, and then it drops in with the whole band. What are you talking about? 
Over the Hills and Far Away. Yeah, yeah. So that was like a blending of the two. Yeah, and like, yeah, and there's like signature riffs all over it. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Crunch is like, I don't know, a lot of people like. I like the Crunch. It's interesting. Well, the Ocean's on that record. Ocean's last. Um, Five is, uh, what's number five? Can't think right now. Is Uh, your maker on that album? Yeah, that's number six. Um, no quarters. Like that song gets a lot of hate. I, I you yeah, know, I did hate. Song. I hated song. your maker when I was a kid. Now that I've gotten older, I really liked your it's maker right a lot. Yeah. So that song. So the reason that song is called your maker is like. You mean dire maker? <laughs> yeah. So like when uh, it like a common like colloquialism in England, it just like dudes in bars would be like uh, if like someone's old lady was like cheating on them. They'd be like, ah, yeah, she's like, she's off in Jamaica, like uh, Jamaica. You know, that's like Jamaica is like, yeah, yeah, you know, English pronunciation of like, you know, Jamaica. Oh, so Jamaica was like, code name like, for like, like you're cheating on your husband. Yeah, and it's like, ba- you know, like baby, please don't go. All this type of lyrics. Yeah, don't so it's like go. that, like interesting matching kind of thing there. But yeah, uh, anyways, that's um, a good first pick, dude. Yeah, how's the holy is just fuck yeah, oh yeah. Kenny, your first pick. I'll go because I mentioned already. Okay, computer. That's definitely definitely one. It's just one. I mean, I the title track itself, airbag. It kind of just drips yeah. you in with that like heavy guitar distortion, and then like what you get, paranoid android. Um, Dude, subterranean, homesick alien. And then you also get a you also get one of their biggest singles on there too, Karma Police. Karma on Police, record. which I like, don't yeah. even think is like one of the better songs. I on the love album. that. Oh, oh no, I love that I song. I love yeah. the other single, No Surprises. I think mm, more yeah, very than, sweet song. Yeah, yeah that that album is that album's a world unto itself. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's a world unto itself. Yeah, like great, like having that great cohesive sound mm. can get heavy at parts, can get lighter. There's this one it's part. It's a little and weird and like Paranoid Android in itself yeah. has all those different moving parts. There's this one part in Subterranean Homesick Alien that is like, dude, it is the sweetest guitar riff I have ever heard in my whole life. It yeah, is like, unbelievable. It, it, dude, it is up there. I'll show it to you guys. It's so sick. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, my first pick. And I, I always bring this person up as being the best album artist in the last like 10, 15 years. So I had to pick one of the albums. It's Kanye. Okay. Uh, and I picked... To me, it's it's the best hip hop record in the past like fifteen years. Uh, My beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Okay, and I, I picked that song because that or that album because it's it's a world unto itself, and it's a weird pick because it had a lot of singles on it. But I mean, uh, all the lights is on that album. Power, fucking what'd you say? Run away, run away, like and so appalled monster. All these songs are fucking singles, but they all work in this one world. It's so fucking unfathomable that like, and plus there's like all the little touches, there's interludes and there's, there's so much shit that goes on in this record. And when, when it says my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, it, you, that, when you're listening to it, you're like, dude, this is fucked up. Like it's, it's Kanye is most narcissistic and Kanye is most self-absorbed and disgusting and like primal primal. Yeah, that's exactly, it's very primal. Like, there's so much primal shit on the record. Mm-hmm. But to end with Lost in the World and Who Will Survive in America, like the album ends and it, when because I can't listen to it any other way but all the way through. Mm. But like when it ends, it goes silent and you're just like, what the fuck just happened to me? Yeah. Like it happened to me. I didn't listen to it. It happened to me. So yeah. uh, that's my first pick. My beautiful dark twist fantasy. E, your second pick. Uh, gentlemen, my second pick is 
it's only like only I'm gonna think this, but uh, Pink Moon by Nick Drake. I knew yo, nice. I, you've always loved yeah. Pink Drake. No, I'm glad because I have one also that I picked that's just like my personal opinion. Like history will tell you. I have one I have. too, dude. So, but. If you all right, so if you have like it, dude, it's like 32 minutes. So if you got to drive like somewhere, like dude, if you pop the shit on this dude, Nick Drake, I just forgot to read a book about Nick Drake actually. Um. Shout out me, I can read. You introduced me to Nick Drake too, so <laughs> yeah. dude, yeah. this record is like <clears throat> pardon me. First of all, this dude, this motherfucker, like fuck where you heard about finger picking. This dude like invented Fuck what you heard. It's what you hear in <laughs> Th- this dude invented like DMX was talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. That's what um Rough Riders and Anthem is about, Nick Drake. <laughs> but but um Nah, dude, this guy, like, straight up, like, so different, like, stylistic finger-picking, like, choices and how he hits it. And it's just, like, crazy. You have to listen to it to hear it, but, um, obviously. But, um, some of the songs are, like, Pink Moon is obviously a title track. That was, th- there's, that's the only overdub on the whole album. It's, the rest of it's live? A track. The rest of it's just live. He, did, he cut this record in, like, four, four total hours over two days and like he he was just kind of kid like he was like a rich kid in england but like by all accounts he was like a really like nice person and like genuine and like kind of like modest and like withdrawn but like was very nice when approached so he was like this guy i don't know do you guys know joe boyd no he was like a record guy from back island records he was an island guy back in uh like the 60s and 70s and he took nick drake and like People say that he kind of fucked him over, but, like, it, there's two sides of every coin. So he kind of, like, promised Nick Drake this, like, illustrious, like, you know, like, pop career. But, like, his music didn't really, like, go accordingly with that. And it kind of came out as this, like, jazzy kind of, like, shit. And then, like, this rec- this record, Pink Moon, was kind of his, like, dude, it, it's crazy. Like, it's, like, his dying breath. Now I have to listen to it. Dude, it's, please do. It It's, like, his dying breath. In a weird way. Did like, he die? Yeah, he like he overdosed on um like antidepressants. No shit. Yeah, and like it's it's like dude, his story is like very fucking sad. Like I'll just tell you straight up, like it's not pleasant. I guess I don't have to read the book now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crazy. Spoiler. Like yeah, it's just like very sad and like he like he like went to shit towards the end and stuff. But this record that he put out is like. And the record's not just crazy sad shit. Like, mm. there are some good... Like, dude, there's a song that you might recognize from an at commercial years ago. It's called From the Morning. And there's a lyric in there. He says, like, now we rise and we are everywhere. And it's like his music didn't catch on in its day, but now he has He's got a Van Gogh thing going on. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. And it's it's crazy. Pink Moon, Nick Drake. All right, that's a good pick. I'm going to have to dig it. I'm yeah, gonna, you I'm sold gonna that very well. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, damn. It is fucking We're, in, we're now in Nick Drake podcast. <laughs> Fuck Drake for stealing his <laughs> yeah, name. Yo, yeah. Nick Drake all day. Yeah. From the morning, Parasite and Pink Moon are standouts. All right. Ken, second pick. Second pick, I'm going to go with one that history tells us. And there's a reason why it's one of the greatest albums. Because when I, I think track listing is also very important. Can I guess it real quick? Songs. Yeah. Is it London Calling? It's not. Oh, okay. That's in my honorable mm. mentions, though. Oh, I, I have honorable mentions yeah. as well. Go ahead. I apologize. Fleetwood Mac rumors. Dude, I was going <laughs> to say rumors. I literally <laughs> yeah. just think like, like I literally I mean, looked at the track list. I'm just like, it's just like hit, hit, hit. like spaced yep. out perfectly. But mm-hmm. that's the thing, though. In the same way we were talking about uh, my, my Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, it has hits all over it, but it's an album. It's cohesive. It's, the, oh, yeah. The songs are just so good on their own, but it also. 
warm. Yes, yeah. warm is a great word so for it. Warm, like. But and to think that they made it in Stevie such Nicks. a fucking violent like environment that they all hated each other and they were all fucking each other and breaking up with each other in the making of the album. But the album came out so goddamn warm. Yeah, makes no sense. Was that no the one, that, the one that they that. did? In that, like, there's that documentary that Dave Grohl like spearheaded kind of about oh, that place. In yeah, yeah, South City. Yeah, yeah. Is that that? I think they met there. I'm oh, not okay. sure if they went back and. Well, they were in LA when they did it, so yeah, it might so have been there. Yeah. 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 I mean, right. dude, uh, people are going back to it now and listening to Dreams because, because it's dreams. getting all big. Yeah. It's which is one of the greatest songs of all. It's it's one of the greatest fucking songs ever. Oh man. Yes. Uh, but Ken, that's such a good pick. Yeah, dude. I mean, I figured someone else was gonna have it. Yeah. I mean, how could you not? I mean, dude, uh, literally, my exact thought when I was when he was talking, I was like. Maybe I should say rumors. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> um, my second pick, this is more of uh, on the Eric side of things. It's more of a personal pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Southeastern by Jason Isbell. Okay. Uh, I always tell the story where the first time I heard this record, it was suggested to me by somebody in Nashville because mm-hmm. I didn't know who Jason Isbell was. And this was like when I was, when we were first going down, this was like 2015. And I listened to it on the flight home and I, I actually got moved. I got choked up on the plane mm. because when you... I did my research on him before I started listening to the album. And he wrote it right after he met his soon-to-be wife and got sober. Because he was in drive-by truckers and but was like very well known very well known drunk. Like he like basically almost fucking like ruined his career because he was getting fucked up so much. Mm. And you listen to this album and it's like a reconciliation with himself, but also telling the tales of like there's a song called Super Eight on the record, mm-hmm. uh, and the, it's like it's a rocker. Like it's it sounds like a fucking Leonard Skinner song. Okay. It reminds me, of give me three steps a little bit. Okay, but the, it tells a story about him and people in, like basically overdosing in a cheap motel. And the the hook of the song is I don't want to die in a Super Eight motel because somebody else's evening didn't go so well. Yeah. Damn. It's a really dark album. Every song is fucking amazing, but it it introduced me to him, and it it I can't start it. I have it on vinyl, and I can't start it and not finish it. So I'm cleaning the house. I always put that, it on. That'd be a good um, like renaming of this discussion is like uh like vinyl you pop on. Yeah, because you know, I just yeah, yeah. you can't. Yeah, I flipped that to. record right away, <laughs> man. And, and I I love something more than free. I love the Nashville sound. I love reunions. I love. Everything he like, I, I'm just a big fan. Yeah, uh, I've only, I know like 24 frames. I know a yeah. couple of his songs, but I never made the deep dive on him. So uh, that that record is so fucking good, dude. I, yeah. I I can't suggest it enough. But anything that moved me to tears the first time I listened to it because you're listening to this narrative, it, it, it's it's fucking incredible. I'm changing my life. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, Ken, do you want to go then? If, or do no, you, I can. Oh, you, you can go. Go ahead, eh? All right, dude. Plans by Death Cab. Ooh, such a good album. That's a great album, dude. I actually like. Uh, that's funny that you like, dude. Do you know the song "What Sarah Said"? Yes, very. Yeah, we talked about this before, dude. Holy fuck, that song makes me cry. Like, that's like those, dude. There's so many songs on that album. Like, yeah, like how they, how it's. I mean, dude, like, "Crooked Teeth" well, is on that teeth, album. Like, Soulmates Body, um, which is like probably the. Probably I mean, that the was their their well, hit. I'll follow you to the dark. Well, I'll follow you. To the oh dark. my god, yeah. Um, like, yeah, that's a good song. Like, it's kind of tired for me personally. Like, I, I like. Well, you can only listen it's to It's good. So like, if it comes before. on, I'll be like... I Radio 104.5 killed that song for me. Yeah, they, this is yeah. true. It, you know, it's like... It, it took a life of its own. But, um... Dude. Shout out Ben Gibbard. The mo- dude, the moods that that man can put into your fucking brain. Yeah. Like, he, like dude, just the way... Like, he is, like, probably... 
my favorite like lyrics and I'm not a lyrics guy, you know this. I like, do know that. Dude, he the way he fucking writes lyrics, like just the sh- like it sounds so fucking dumb to say, but the shit he says like puts these crazy specific images in your mind. Like he's talking about he's talking about I don't know like in order, but in what Sarah said, like it's a song about like um they're sitting in like the ICU cuz like I it's I guess it's his girl got into a car accident and like He's saying, like, um, every descending peak on the LCD took you a little further away from me. That's a really, really good. He says, like, um, he's like, um, he's like, I took a breath. Like, he's like, I like, ah, fuck. He's like, we sat in the ICU that reeked of piss in 409. And he's saying, like, he's like saying, like, he's taking too many breaths. He's saying, like, I said to myself, I already had too much today. Oh, wow. Like, like what the fuck, man? He like, has an amazing ability as a songwriter, too. I, 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 I always look for this in songwriters. He has a great ability to loop you in with the first line of a song. He always finds a catchy first line to a song. Yeah. Uh, the song Stay Young, Go Dancing off Codes and Keys is one of my favorite Death Cab songs. Yeah, it's a good line. And the first line, he just says, he goes, Life is sweet in the belly of the beast. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. It always makes... I have to yeah. listen to that song. It, it, yeah. I mean, you think about Crooked Teeth. Uh, it was a hundred degrees and we sat beneath the willow tree. He, well, has he a very great, much has a voice, too, that can almost like... Obviously, dude, the voice is an like instrument. common man's voice. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah. He, he almost has a little bit of a James sp- taylor voice to me. Yeah, like like a little that. nasally. Like, it's, it's, it's not... Warm and like kind of... I don't know, warm. It's almost like, nerdy in a way. Yeah, was, yeah. Talk about a guy that like influenced the wave, probably. Yeah, <laughs> that's Cab. Yeah, oh, he went fuck, to the yeah. Rivers Cuomo school of dressing. Like, he yeah, they he influenced <laughs> like dude. They influenced fucking like folk bands, emo bands. Yeah, like holy shit. They talk came about, up like, in the MySpace era and shit. totally were yeah. something a little bit different than everybody that else. Indie sound. That, yeah. Like, you don't know what oh, it is, dude, but I it's always indie. they are the yeah. king of what Perfect. I like to call the hip the 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 hipster the hipster Bob. Like when they do things, they just kind of like give that side to side kind of a shuffle. <laughs> like so perfect. every time I hear um, Soulmate's Body, my instant reaction is I think about him playing the guitar and he's just, I want to live. Like yeah, they dude. just give that like yeah, body sway. I'll always fuck yeah. with Death Cab. I, yeah. I, shout out Death Cab. That's a yeah. really good pick, dude. Dude, plans are sweet. Yeah. Uh, Ken, last pick. My last pick, um, going a little bit more personal. I'm going to go Dave Matthews Band, Crew Crux King, oh, Big Whiskey. Oh, hell. Yeah, that album's so fucking. Shake like, me like know, a monkey, alligator pie. I know, like Dave's not everyone's cup of tea. That music is very polarizing. My but yeah. that fucking album is just so seven. Good. Me and you bonded over seven. seven I remember that. Shake me monkey, alligator pie, spaceman, you and me. Uh, Funny the way, the way it is. Mean, yeah, like the lyrics That's are great. It's just like good for them too because they're obviously like a jam band. Yeah, but that album on itself, it just sounds like a very good album. Like, yeah, jam band people can get people that aren't jam band people. You still yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. It's Four a great pick. And stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. just instrumentally, it's well Drunk dads. Wallets, yeah. Yeah. College kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I have one more, and then I have uh, like two or three honorable mentions right off the rip. I'm just going to go right into it after I do this because this to me is, I could have picked any rock opera type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. I thought about Quadrophenia by The Who, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I, I went. American Idiot. Mar- I've, I'm, I'm because, shocked you didn't say it. <laughs> because yeah. American Idiot was it came out when I was in fifth grade. So it was like, it ca- it came out in 2005. 2004, I think. 2004. Oh, no, 2004, 2005, I was in seventh grade. So it came out in fifth yeah, grade. Yeah, it was fifth okay, grade. So yeah. whatever. Uh, and I remember being obsessed with it. And then as yes. I got older, I went back and like re-listened to it. 
And Holy from shit. start to top, from I, I, I don't skip other than Wake Me Up When September Ends because that just got beat to death. Mm. But it tells a story, and it's a narrative to the point where you can't skip around. You have, you're have you listening to this thing. And I also love the fact they do the thing like, uh, are, we the, are, like are we the waiting goes right into fucking St. Jimmy. They pair the songs yeah. together. Yeah. Let, it's like letter bomb, a ta- she's, a, or she's a rebel. Like uh, It's like reading a table of contents. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because American Idiot is a standalone as the intro. Then you got Jesus of Suburbia with right. five songs. And you guys know know me. Where Eric says he's not a lyric guy, right? W- one thing I am a guy of, I like song sequencing. And I, and I like an album to tell a story or have a theme in a certain perspective. And that thing... Dude, it, like the like the last guitar strum flows into the next yeah. song and shit. Uh, I mean, and uh, the, the fact they put five songs within one song with Jesus of Suburbia is just yeah. fucking awesome. So that was my, my last like pick of like, I need to listen to this all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh the Suburbs by Arcade, Arcade Fire, Fire. Oh, yeah. is an album that you have to listen to. And you want to talk about flows perfectly. The end of The Suburbs ends, and there's no there's no distinction between where it ends. If you're listening to it on, on a record, there's no like moment of silence. It goes straight through into uh, Ready to Start. And it's so fucking amazing. That is such a great fucking album. And that was one that I remember being in college, because that came out in 2010. So that came out our senior year of high school. Right? Yeah, because then I Pretty think sure. the following year we were in college, and that's when it got right. It got big, and I remember all over the radio. Yeah, that's well, one of the wait, wait well, wake up's off of a different dude. album. That's no, wake up is off of the album with the feather on it. Oh fuck, that has rebellion on it too. Okay, yeah, Isn't it yeah, funeral yeah. or something? Or? Funeral, that's like yeah, the neighborhood, yeah, yeah neighborhoods. Uh, so yeah, right, right, right. it's, but it's an album like that I remember specifically thinking, oh, this hipster bullshit. Like it's all it's a pitchfork album. Like I'm not listening to this shit. Mm-hmm. And then I did, and I was like, yeah. yo, what the. Fuck, yeah. because I mean, it's it's incredible. Really, I do it, can write a fucking song. He can really. I I, I love Win Butler because he doesn't have a pretty voice at all. His voice yeah. is so weird. Yeah, and but watching them live, it's very moony. There's like 19 people on stage, and yeah. like three people are playing like Aboriginal flutes. Like they're just going for it. Like yeah. I've, they don't give a fuck. They fought their fucking way up from being like a tiny club band yeah. to playing stadiums in a fucking their dude, last like tour. Dude, shit. their last tour was so cool. I saw videos of it. They didn't put the stage on either side of the arena. They put it in the center of the arena in a boxing ring. And they performed Ooh. in the middle of a boxing ring. That's neat. They really cool. do. So that was another one for me. Uh, and then Illmatic by Nas. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's the standard of, you're talking about hip-hop debuts. Mm. It's an album that you're listening to it, and, and he's a teenager. Mm-hmm. And he is just ripping every fucking thing to shreds. And it's so grimy, and it like was... It it doesn't sound like anything else ever. It sounds like you're in a subway station in New York. Like you are like yeah. like there's like water dripping by you and it's just like nine dudes smoking blunts and like <laughs> just Nas holding court. Yeah. And I'm you just feel guys. like, yo, it's fucking so it Northeast Philly monk bulls down there just like trying <laughs> to get in. Uh so those are the other two that I thought of. I'm sure we're gonna think of more, but you That's guys kind have of going off that one of yours. Nas album. Okay. Um I had either one you can take. I know we're room on fire guys. Yeah. But the strokes is a set. Almost okay. like yeah, Young, dude. like this is New York City kids right. making rock music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just get that. Garage. It's just a whole yeah. album. I also had, um, I wanted to put Say it on it. there, but as track listing purposes, I didn't. Yeah. It might have the greatest three run of any songs ever. 
Synchronicity by the police. Oh, they, yeah. They spaced it out better because side B starts with Every Breath You Take, King of Pain, Wrapped Around Your Finger. Yeah, it's a fucking great like album, that, dude. Those three songs, Sing Pie Hardy is like, I don't need these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote these three songs. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, get the fuck out, Stuart Copeland. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest drummer ever. I was going to say uh, Best Day Ever. Mac Miller? Yeah. Let's go. Fire. And uh, I thought you were going to say Heavier Things. Ooh. Oh, see, I was going to say Born and Raised. Born, Born and, and Raised, raised might be my favorite I changed um, plans from Continuum. See, Continuum's amazing, but that's more of a singles record to me. Uh, dude, I I t- no, it's an, it's fucking, really it's an incredible yeah. album, but to me, like I think about Born and Raised as more of a, like an experience. In, it was more of a thematic thing to where you're living in this Montana wilderness, and you're he's just yeah. doing he his thing. He builds a great picture. He does. Songs, now, yeah. maybe, oh, Forever Forever ago. Similarly. Uh, Miseducation of Lauren Hill. One of the oh, greatest yeah. albums of all time, and that is like top to bottom. You don't ever skip anything. Yeah. You just listen. Th- you just let Lauren Hill take you on a fucking journey. Mm. She's fucking incredible. Like yeah. there, there's so we could go on forever with this. We didn't say any Beatles or Stones records. I either. was actually thinking. Speaking of Beatles, I had Abbey Road probably as my one Beatles record. I love, I love Abbey Road. Um, pretty odd. Panic at the Disco. Oh, such <laughs> a good album. That's like the forgotten Panic album, but so it, good. If you like the Beatles, just. Run it in. Yeah. I, my Beatles. I'm a white album guy. That's my. That's my Beatles yeah. album. Yeah, Miles Abbey Road and Rubber Soul. I mean, you can't go wrong in it. And then the Stones are weird because you don't think about single albums per se by them. You think I don't about bodies albums like that. Exile. Exile on Main Street is. Yeah. Be, that's another one that because if you know the backstory, they were, we were talking about this before, but they were living in the south of France. Yeah. To avoid taxes and all this shit, and uh, they they studio. They were making it out of their basement of this fucking house, basically. That led Zeppelin used to record. And see, if, if I was going Zeppelin albums, two. this is no. See, two is two is my favorite Zeppelin album. But if I wanted to live in an album, just let it play. Physical Graffiti. Really? You said Houses, right? I did. Yeah. I'd probably go Houses. See, Physical yeah. Graffiti to me was a later find for me mm-hmm. because I always knew it as the album with Cashmere on it. Yeah. Uh, and then recently i because it's like the one piece of zeppelin that like i haven't beat to death yet mm. so like i want to keep discovering oh man 10 years gone dude but, the rover oh my god it's fucking incredible how's that start custard, custard pie, pie. Yeah. oh <laughs> yeah <Sick>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's guitar so oh pootie tang's album fucking unbelievable yeah <laughs> Pootie's so hot he don't even need words yeah dylon of course <laughs> is there anything else that's, oh um b by common Oh, that's such oh, like I a just perfect, listened to that today. It's like eight songs. You get in, you get out, and it's just like and like the the, yeah, the, the skits or well, not the skits, but the, the the conversations that go on in the album is yeah. At I, the end, I would also say just because I brought up Doom eighteen times today, Mad Villainy would be on there for me, yeah. uh, and then Operation Doomsday as well. There, I could go on forever with this. Like this is, but like the th- the three that jump out right away are the ones we're focusing on. But yeah. either way, great conversation. Mm. I want to pat us all on the back. So. Good job, everyone. Yeah, everybody pat yourself in a bit. I'm just Skirt. checking how loud my neck is. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I'm throwing Trying ham against a the counter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was episode 72. Uh, we'll be back later this week. Got some good guests coming up as well. I'll get into that later. But mm. uh, fucking, we're back in the studio as well. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, Let's fucking go. I've never felt better about a group of demos. Because I don't think we've ever had everything as planned out now as we ever have. Like I think it's been, this is the thing me and you talked about back in like October. Sitting mm. out back in my house drinking beers. Mm. I remember. Mm. And then we got that fucking Domino's. <laughs> oh my god, that was Yo. so. Is this cool. is this the white hoodie story? No, <laughs> that was oh, the no. like for my wedding. <laughs> oh dude, yeah. Eric got all toasty and his drip buffalo sauce on his fresh ass white literally hoodie. Literally just bought that, John. Like <laughs> no, 48 hours. No, ago. this was uh me and Eric. Fuck. Me and Eric sitting out back in my house, 
and then Dana came home and we came inside and we were all fucked up and uh, we were like we should order Domino's and it was like one o'clock in the morning and it gets it there like eight hours it took like eight there. hours to get there and then we me and <laughs> me and Eric must have had like of the sixteen slices we oh, must have had like 13, fourteen yeah. Dude, yeah I remember Eric <laughs> left and I was like yo I hope there's still some of that buffalo in there and like, I'm pretty sure Eric shoved it in his pocket when he left <laughs> I ate the box too <laughs> it's a little grease like oh stain just like yeah the <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen that's episode seventy two. Uh, anything else, guys? Everyone get down. No. All right. <laughs> Fuck you guys. We love you. <laughs>